We did a sermon on James last week, and we mentioned that James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament. It offers practical wisdom, and the wisdom is about how to live our lives on earth in a godly manner. Count it all joy when you encounter trials. So the title of our sermon you would find in your bulletin. Do you have a bulletin? Always get one and bring it home because the outlines here you may use in the future to share God's word to others and even during family gatherings. Wisdom and joy in seasons of trials. How many of you are encountering trials at this moment? Yes. Somehow, who else? Anybody? Just you don't have to be proud of it. Just raise your finger. Okay. So, if not now, maybe you had one. And if you are okay now, expect in the future that you will have trials. And a series of trials or trials or testings or tribulations, problems that come all together is called a crisis. A set of problems with one big problem can be considered a crisis. A personal crisis, a family crisis, a could be even a national crisis. I'm praying to God we will never have a church crisis. Um, but crisis does happen. But the question is, how do we handle crisis? Crisis will come to you because you are a believer. If you stand for the Lord, crisis would come. You will be tested. And uh, I do believe if you are a true Christian and uh, you don't have testings or nobody questions you, maybe you are not being salt and light enough on this earth. Because if you stand for what the word says, not everybody is going to like you. Now, if everybody seems to like you uh, because you compromise with everyone, I think there's a problem there. That's why you say, no, Pastor Ed, I have no problems. I get along with everybody, even the drug dealer. Uh, then there, there is a problem there. Now, James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Consider it all joy. He's talking about a manner of perspective. However, let me differentiate happiness with joy. What do you think is the difference between happiness and joy. Yeah, a lot of us may have our opinion on it, uh, but allow me just to share an observation or what uh, I think I believe would be leaning towards what you also think. I believe so, okay? That happiness somehow is triggered by things around us. Uh, an event, somebody's birthday, somebody just gave birth, and uh, there's this cute little baby. Somehow it makes us happy, a gift given to us, a long lost brother or friend you haven't seen for a long time, you were reunited uh, in a reunion, and that's happiness. It, it creates uh, this joyous event, a happy event. Now, that's happiness, triggered by something outside. But I believe joy is different. It comes from within. That regardless of what's happening outside, the joy comes from within. You may not be laughing because nobody's cracking a joke, so you don't look as happy, but inside you, there is that contentment, there is that peace, there is that undisturbed spirit within you. 
And count it all joy when you encounter different kinds of trials, meaning have that peace of God within you, that joy inside of you. And there are a lot of reasons to be joyful as a believer. If we just think of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is enough. If you just think of thanking God every day for the salvation of your soul, God saved us. Our souls were saved. From what? From the penalty of sin, which is damnation. And that is enough to thank God for, regardless of what's happening around you. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. And when I say various, many trials or many problems, count it all joy. Can you say the word joy? joy. Say it again, joy. joy. Now, say it like there's really joy coming out of you. Joy. Yeah, all right. So consider it all joy. So when there are problems, when problems come to you, you must act within you as having joy. All right? But if you don't have joy, we end up doing the wrong things. We end up, what, uh, being extremely sad, uh, depressed. Um, we go around blaming every person we can think of connected to the event. And we have a never-ending blaming game. And then uh, it, it uh, comes to a level of pity, self-pity. Self-pity. What is self-pity? Kawawa naman ako. You feel sorry for yourself. Then it doesn't end there. What happens next? Uh, you want others to pity you. You want to solicit the pity of others. If you don't have joy, you enter into a, a mode of self-pity, but that is not enough. And uh, you become addicted to your own self-pity that you want others to pity you. Therefore, uh, you have this, you want to attract people to pity you. That is not the joy of the Lord. We may have problems. And uh, we're not saying problems are fun, but I guarantee you that problems are guaranteed. If any one of you would say, Lord, take away all my problems. You know what that prayer means? It is the prayer of death. Why? Because as long as you are on the earth, you will have problems. And when you ask God, take away all my problems, it also means take my life right now. So will you pray that prayer again? Um, no, rather, we should ask God for what? Wisdom. And we will get into that. Because there is a purpose for the trial. Let's read verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So, when your faith is tested, it becomes stronger because you can endure. When you were a young Christian, you're happy, but when problems came, you crumble quickly. But as you grow in faith, you endure, you're stronger. And there is a purpose for the enemy. There is a purpose for the problem. You know, the kings of old, that's why I like reading history, how they trained their, their children for war. The kings, the samurais, the shogun, uh, they exposed their children to, to a teacher, a mentor, to teach them the weapons of war and even strategy at a young age. But they have to become stronger. Uh, the, the father would have no, well, the, the child, the son cannot ask the father for an excuse or can I skip training? No, you submit to the mentor I give you 
submit and learn from that mentor until such time when the father believes he's ready to be exposed to war. He's given a unit to command and he's allowed a small, a small war or a small battle to, so that he can gain the confidence. And it becomes bigger and bigger until such time he's ready to be the next king. God wants us to be like that. He wants us to, be, to experience these problems so that we learn to endure. What do I mean by learning to endure? You see, faith, the testing of your faith produces endurance. What is being tested? It is your faith. Can you say, my faith? My faith. What is being tested is your faith. How well you believe in God. When there are problems, do we focus on the problem or do we focus on God? Because if we focus on the problem, the problem becomes bigger in our eyes. And therefore we panic. Therefore we get worried. Therefore, but it's such a small problem. A small problem can be seen as a big problem. And then your heart is so affected already. Or if there is a problem, no matter how big, you look at God who is greater than any problem, who has unlimited power, who has unlimited resources, and can solve any problem we have with a snap, but he doesn't do that because he has a purpose for those trials. And the purpose is so that your faith will be tested, so that your faith would learn to endure. So that when there are problems, instead of doubting, we learn to trust him. So that when bad news comes to us, we are no longer easily affected because we trust in God. I'm not saying we neglect the problems. We should solve them. However, we do not focus on these problems. We focus on God and seeking God for wisdom for solutions. The purpose of testing our faith is to make it stronger. Now measure yourself from 1 to 10. When there are problems or bad news or crisis or crises, plural, in my life, how do I react? How do I act? Do I go for self-pity? Do I go for the blame game? Do I act in anger and arrogance? What do I do? Or do I trust God? And have that joy, consider it joy, when there are problems, when you encounter different trials, count it all joy. Consider it joy. And because you what? Because that's not logical. Problems and joy don't go together. But in the kingdom of God, they precisely go together. That is the exact moment to let your faith be strong. That is the exact moment to manifest the joy when the world around you is imperfect. Because our world is imperfect. Our families, they are imperfect. The family members are imperfect. The climate is imperfect. The government, definitely, you don't have to tell a Filipino that. It is imperfect. But the joy within, the faith within, if it is tested, it endures. And you know that once, 
Once you win a battle, the confidence grows. I remember as a kid, 15 years old, uh, I learned martial arts. And when they first paired me with a higher belt, I got beaten up. You know, I came home with a spot here and a spot here, fist spots. But I realized I didn't die. I survived. I can survive a fight or somebody with a higher rank. Then after a while, then suddenly to my surprise, as a yellow belt, I was able to put down a blue belt. And that gave me a lot of joy. I can fight. I'm becoming stronger. And the more they exposed me until I was facing the black belters, that's why they said the only thing missing in me is the last exam to get my black belt. Uh, because I was facing black belters and I had the confidence to win. But that never happened unless I went through the rigorous process of fighting small battles and then the sensei giving me more difficult battles. The design of God for us is to respond in faith to the small problems and the same way to respond in faith to the bigger problems and to respond in the same way when there's crisis put in front of you to respond in faith. Instead of worrying, rather, we trust God who is greater than any problem and we ask God for wisdom. God will not take away your problems, but you can pray for wisdom and he's generous to give it. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The word perfect is mature. Another word for mature in the Greek. So that when your endurance achieves maturity, perfection, not necessarily sinless perfection, but maturity. And if your faith has achieved maturity, and true enough, God may use you for other things. You know the saying that, not a saying, but it's in the Bible. He who is faithful in small things shall be put in charge with larger things. And that principle is so true. If you are faithful in small things, you can be effective in larger things. But if in small things you are not faithful, in small things you are not responsible, how can you be responsible with bigger things? Last week, I was in Cebu, and I was uh, invited by the president of Cebu Institute of Technology University to, to share on, on the 19 Touchstones, my book, which he, he said to me, whenever you launch a book, visit me here in Cebu, in which I did not do that, so I owed him that. So we went there, brought some books on the 19 Touchstones, one of the books I've written, and uh, uh, I gave this advice to students. If you think you want to be an entrepreneur, find 1,000 pesos and grow the 1,000 into 2,000. Buy something, sell something. And if you can grow the 2,000 into 4,000, then you're doing well. That's the next step. And then if you can grow the 4,000 to 8,000, wow, you, are, you have it. And then the 8,000, you grow to 16,000. 
And you keep doing that, and before you know it, you're revolving 100,000. And before you know it, you have that skill. Suddenly, an investor might say to you, I have money. You've been growing small amounts. Why don't you try a bigger amount? But if we cannot be faithful, I said to them, if you cannot do it with 1,000, if you cannot practice with 1,000, how would somebody give you 1 million? The same way in our spiritual lives. How can we take on the kingdom of God, the assignment in the kingdom of God, or our calling? People ask about, what's, I want God to know God's calling in my life. And yes, it's true. Each and every one of us has a call from above, a call from God. We were not put on earth just to survive and die one day. We were put on earth for a purpose. But if we cannot... If we cannot even overcome the blame game or the bitterness in our hearts, the unforgiveness in our how can God give us the call or make the call clear to us? If we cannot even prioritize God, how? I pray that we all understand that the testing of our faith produces endurance and the hope that endurance becomes mature, you're not easily affected by the problems around you. Therefore, you can take on the problems of a bigger set of people. Then you can take on the problems of a church, of a country even. That's why in the Bible, if one cannot lead his own family, how can he lead the church? Because he must settle his relationships in his own family first. How can he, he take care of the others if he himself cannot take care of himself and his own family? Small things, greater things. The plan of God for us is greater things. But we must pass the exam of grade one. That we may become grade two. And pass grade two so that we may become grade three. Our challenge to us is next level, Lord. Pass what's here, and God will take you to the more exciting level. You would know that you have matured if you are not easily affected by crisis. And you're not easily offended by people. Are we offended by people? Sometimes we are, right? Come on, let's be honest human beings. Sometimes we are. But how do you turn that around? How do you change your perspective? Rather than uh, saying, I will retaliate. We would just say, Lord, your Bible said, vengeance does not belong to me. It belongs to you. Therefore, I let go. I just do what you tell me, which is, I forgive. To you belongs the discipline. To you belongs the vengeance, not mine. Problems won't go away easily. You have to solve them, right? Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. By God's grace, yes. Sometimes he does a miracle, a problem is taken care of. And I believe in that. But not all problems will be like that. There are some problems the mighty hand of God will intervene. And he will do something amazing. But there are other problems that what? You must solve. 
But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If we lack wisdom, we ask from God. And here gives us a glimpse of a nature of God. He is generous to give wisdom. Ah, some of you may have prayed for a nice car until now God has not said yes, right? Because the nice car is not yet there. However, if you ask for wisdom, he is generous in wisdom. He is 100% guaranteed to give you wisdom provided with some conditions. And I, we will read some of these conditions. At least one that's written here. God is somebody who gives wisdom and he is generous. That's why these problems count it all joy. And instead of just worrying about them, that, that is not faith. Worry is not faith. Fear is not faith. Faith is trusting God. And it says here, ask for wisdom. So there are problems in our lives. God would like to move through you by giving you the wisdom. There are times God moves miraculously. Amen to that. But most of the time, this is the pattern of God. God wants to work through you by giving you wisdom and that you may manifest his wisdom on earth. That you may manifest his wisdom in your own family, in your own work or business, and in your own ministry. That is God's plan. God gives generously, but we cannot doubt. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf or the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. When we ask God for wisdom, we have to thank God for the wisdom, not doubt. In what ways do we doubt? We've asked God for wisdom for this problem, and then we still what? have so many negative emotions about the problem. When we ask God for wisdom, he wants us to have a heart of faith and a clear mind. But if your heart is tossed away, you know, like the winds of the waves of the sea, you're blaming this guy and this person and mad uh, hitting something, you are stressed out. What happens? That is not faith. That is doubt. You're still doubting. So how do we respond to situations like this? Measure yourself. Please, do not measure somebody else. You know the problem of us sometimes when we're listening to, to a sermon, we say, I hope my friend works here. Sana nandito siya, napakinggan. Don't think like that. Think first is me. How may I improve myself? Okay, and I know some of you, husband and wife, I can see you from here. You just, you know, elbow each other. Hey, that's for you. <laughs> you listen well, okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, okay, if you're just having fun, that's fine too. You're that close that you're not offended by each other. That's fine and wonderful, but we cannot doubt. Once we ask for the wisdom, my friend, keep asking God for wisdom and thanking God for the wisdom, expect that he will bring clarity. But remove all doubt from your heart. All doubt that he will give you wisdom to solve the problem. He will not take away all your problems. He will not intervene in a supernatural way all the time directly at the problem. No, not always, but he will supernaturally intervene in your own mind and heart 
That's why you would have an understanding and you can solve your own problems. That's God's pattern as well. Because if you do not, verse 7, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Because if you doubt that you have God's wisdom, expect you have nothing. No wisdom from the Lord will come. Do not doubt that God will give you wisdom to address your future. But please try to submit your future to God. You know, some of us, when we pray, it's like giving God an order. That's wrong. You know, God, this is what I need. And this is what I want to happen, Lord. And I pray that you give me that thing to pass this exam and bring me to the United States or to Europe. And I would have a family there and established there. That is my prayer, Lord. Amen and thank you. It's like you're giving an order to God. Rather, you have to say, if it is your will, Lord, this is what I desire. However, if it is not your will, please lead me to your will. Not my will, but your will be done. If you do not want me in this place, then lead me where you want me to be. If you do not want this course from me, if you're still in high school, you may have a dream course, or your parents may have a dream course. Why not pray together and say, Lord, lead us to the right course and direction for us. What is God's will? Ask God for wisdom. That is also being wise, submitting to God's will. And I believe that is very important. And take note, wisdom from God, not the wisdom of this world. We can learn knowledge of the world, but wisdom from God is very important. By the way, what do you think is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Some of you may know it so well, but the Filipino version makes it more clear. Kaalaman at karunungan. Ito maalam, ito marunong. You understand? Karunungan is wisdom. Kaalaman is knowledge. So knowledge is what you have. Wisdom is the understanding of how to connect, how to apply it, and how it fits in a certain situation. A clear understanding of how the knowledge works. Just like the uh, professor who teaches entrepreneurship and business. If he does not have a business, he dwells in theory, he is knowledgeable. And that knowledge is valuable. Then I meet somebody who is like this person, Mr. Pahes from Cebu, who is very successful in business and just has a grasp of how to do it. He just has this clear understanding of how it works and why something will not work, just a grasp of it. And he is marunong. He has wisdom in that arena. Now, in our Christian life, some of us may know a lot of things. We are full of knowledge. But what's important is not just the knowledge, though the knowledge is important, but the wisdom to apply this knowledge in our daily lives. So after a sermon, the next question is, how can I connect it to my day-to-day -day life? How can I apply this in my family, in my work, in my business, in my ministry? And ask God for wisdom how to apply it. Because don't expect that you will receive anything. And last verse, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You do not want that. Application, 
try, try this at home. Get a notebook or paper and list down all the problems and trials you're facing. Next is be joyful about it. Then you need it from the bottom of your heart to be joyful about it. And say, Lord, thank you. You have a purpose and plan for everything, Lord. I accept that. I believe that. Therefore, Lord, my faith is anchored in you. I may not see everything yet, but I trust you. Just like Abraham, right? He doesn't, didn't see everything yet, yet he trusted God. He trusted God that he will be a father of many nations. Though the promise came <laughs> when he was very old. The promise came when he was very old. So list down your problems and now, and now consider it all joy. Can you say joy? joy? Consider it all joy. Then ask God for wisdom. You know, you can even write that in your journal. My prayer, Lord, is wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom for this thing, this situation. Guide me, O oh Lord. And uh, you will be surprised that he will give you a capacity way beyond what you have. And you know, that's the amazing thing. When you're able to do something or you're able to understand something that you never understood before. Oh, that's exciting, but you have to experience it. Don't just take my word for it. And you have to go on and solve something. If you have no problems, find the problem. No, 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 don't give yourself a problem. Find a problem, a problem of this earth, for example, or, or help the environment, okay? How can I achieve zero waste, for example? In my own home. I mean, all the plastics should be delivered to those who recycle plastics. And, and those that are not biodegradable should be either be recycled if it's metal or concrete or whatever. If it's plastic or foam, uh, styro, it should be shredded and given to those who make hollow blocks, etc. And then all my biodegradable should be made into fertilizer. Either I give it away to those who do fertilizers or I, or I make my own. Just achieve zero waste at home. That might be a problem you may want to take on. And ask wisdom from God. Oh, if your problem is money, then ask God for wisdom. But then God will say to you first, give and you shall receive. And that's wisdom from the Bible. You give first and allow God to open the doors and clear your mind. Number three, never doubt or else you will not receive his wisdom. You will not be able to go through the seasons of difficulty with joy and wisdom. What we want to happen is we are full of wisdom, God's wisdom and God's joy in the midst of trials, problems, crises, whatever. So that as a man of God or woman of God, no need to be depressed, no need for self-pity, no need for anger, no need for solicitation of pity. No need to solicit donations as well for yourself. But rather, right now, you ask for wisdom, you tackle something difficult, and God gives you wisdom. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And we want us to experience the amazing God who gives amazing wisdom. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your word. 
We want to be wise and we want to be joyful in seasons of trials. And so we pray your wisdom. Teach us not to neglect our problems. Lord, we want to be responsible and solve the problems that are before us. Yet, teach us to look on you in faith because you are greater than any problem. Yet, we also come to you asking for wisdom because we believe that you give generously and you shall make clear in our minds how we will solve the problems we have today. Whether it's family, personal, ministry, business, career, ministry, whatever, Lord. We know your wisdom is with us. So we also pray, O oh Lord, for each of us here and our friends and our relatives to be full of wisdom and joy. In Jesus' name, we pray. God's people say, Amen. Amen.